Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact for Christ in the places of greatest need in our world. My name is Brian, and I am uh, the executive pastor of Orchard Africa, and I'm here with Mike and Michelle Tessendorf, the co-founders of Orchard Africa. Hi, Brian. Hi, everyone. Well, it is episode 25 for February 2023, and we are excited to have you around the table again today. I want to kick right off by giving a recap and a little bit of a correction on last week's podcast. Last week, we um, told the story of Dave and his red Jeep that he... Um, was willing to sell to fundraise his mission trip and how year after year he uh, was willing to put put that on eBay or wherever and sell it and then he, he never had to. Well, I got a text from Dave after he listened to the podcast and he said uh, he still has the Jeep. Woohoo! He still has the Jeep. It's quite old. He says it's actually a 1948, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this correctly, but Wiley's Army Jeep. Oh, wow. And he says the cool thing is of the 11 trips I've taken with Orchard Africa, uh, only one time has he ever even needed any of the resources from the fundraising events, that it's all just come in through his sending team. And so he, he was just affirming how God... Is a God of provision. Wonderful. It's so he great. provides. And and one correction, he also said, um, though uh, the Jeep is still there, the Jeep is not red. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I thought it was red. In my mind, I, I thought red, but it's actually a black Jeep. So okay. we need to set the record straight <laughs> on the Jeep color. But the black Jeep is still there. The black Jeep still is it's sitting there. Oh, and Dave is still going on mission trips. Oh, this year. He's, yep. he's planning on it. That's great. And then I got another uh, interesting uh, note from Stan. He's uh, one of, from one of our partner churches. And he um, shared that he had a big outreach event this past month where they had food trucks and um, outreach to um, those in need in his community and uh, just a, a great opportunity for compassion and, and impact. And he said that um, uh, the news, a local news showed up and interviewed him. And Stan said, kind of kiddingly, I, I have to apologize because I stole uh, what you said on the last podcast <laughs> in the, the news interview because um, I talked about how grace ripples mm. uh-huh. and how that moment was a moment that showed how a willingness to serve and a willingness as a church to reach their community. Oh. It has this ripple effect. You never know. I love that. Stand, steal away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the reason we do this. We yeah. want to give you um, things that you can use with your team, right, right. with your family, or just even in your own reflection. So Great story. And uh, who knows how many other people will be affected by that ripple. As a result mm. of that. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. And so I think this is a great point to remind you that we want to hear from you. 
let us know if um, your Jeep is black and not red or <laughs> uh, any feedback. We love yes, the feedback. Yes. We don't always have time to give everybody's feedback, mm. but please do engage in the conversation. And you can send us a message at podcast at orchardafrica.org. Well, with that, why don't we jump, jump right in? Right. Um, I want to talk uh, and tell a story of how I got to be sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in today, um, how I got to the point where I'm doing what I'm doing and how my life was completely and utterly broken and built and where I am. It was um, very shortly after we had moved our feeding project from the garbage dump where we were feeding children that were rummaging on the garbage dump, we'd moved it from the garbage dump into a village. And I was just standing at the site where we were um, feeding the children where the pot of food was and observing the children around us. And there was this little girl, oh my gosh, she was so thin and her dress was so ragged and she was just standing there. She wasn't standing in line for food. She was just there standing. And so I walked up to her and I bent down to her level and I looked her in the eye and she looked straight back at me, slapdash in my eye. Mm. And I didn't know what to do. I mean, there I was, a white woman in an African village. First time, I think, maybe, uh, I'd probably been there maybe once or twice mm. before. And I looked at this little girl, and the only thing I could think to do was to open up my arms wide, like you do for little children. And she stepped inside, and I gave her a hug, but she was so thin. And in that moment as she stepped inside my arms. In that moment, I became a servant of this gospel. Hmm. In that moment, by the grace and the gift of God's grace, I saw my calling. And in that moment, through the working of his power, I started on a journey that has led me to where I am today. And it wasn't a journey that flashed before my eyes. It was nothing but a moment hugging a very skinny, very broken little girl. Mm. And my heart broke, mm. completely and utterly broke. I was a different person mm. after that moment. And so I think today what I'd like us to do is talk about that scripture I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. In that moment, four things happened to me. Number one, I became a servant. Number two, I became a servant of this gospel. Number three, I became a servant through the gift of God's grace given mm -hmm. to me. And number four, I became a servant through the working of his power. It was such a moment that 
it will forever be a part of my life. Mm. God's grace calling me to servanthood. Mm. Wow, powerful story. Mm -hmm. Mm. So I was wondering if we could go through those four moments, four things that happened in, in a split second. Mm and changed me forever. Let's start with I became a servant. For every one of us um, <clears throat> that serve in ministry or uh, that feel led to uh, this, this call of outreach of going beyond ourselves and our family to those outside of ourselves and our family, every one of us who feels that, that inclination, what does it mean to be a servant? You know, as you were talking, I wondered, uh, Paul, here, this is Ephesians uh, 3, verse 7. Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. Um, we know that his moment was a little bit more dramatic. Um, thrown off his donkey, mm -hmm. blinding, uh, yeah, blinding light and hearing Jesus speak to him. But I wonder if the same experience that you had, he had. God's grace is calling me to become a servant. And I find it interesting that um, he starts off by saying, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. He doesn't say, I became an apostle, although there are places in, in Scripture where he does. Or I became a leader, or I became an mm, ambassador, right. or I became... Right. He says, I became a servant. Mm. To me, that's remarkable. Because you don't hear that kind of language often. Uh, nobody really says God's grace empowered or gifted me to become a servant. <laughs> uh, we, want to, we want to talk about how God gifted us to become something significant, something important. I'm, I'm a leader. I'm a pastor. I'm a... Something top of your resume, necessarily, just yeah. to, to be a servant, right? And so Paul says, I became mm. a servant. We'd all agree that Paul is the greatest, after Jesus, Paul is the greatest leader the church has known, I would think. And yet the overwhelming testimony of his life is serving. I mean, he, he surrendered, he poured himself, he gave himself to serve others. And I, to me, that's that's deep. It's it's really just I've never really noticed that before. That he said, mm. "I became a servant by the gift of God's grace." Mm. And I wonder if we should be thinking, "Well, what do I say? God's grace has gifted me to do." Yeah, and when I think about that moment that you shared, and how it, you said, kind of almost in a split second, yeah, the, you became a servant. And I think about the the step that you have to take to invite that moment in. And sometimes we don't live our lives arms stretched out. We live our lives with what we can put in our hands or what we can do with our hands or but just this idea of surrender. Mm. I, I kind of have that picture in my mind when I think about that story that you told it. God saying to God, God, I 
give myself to you and mm. to this person in need in front of me. And, and then it's this chain reaction. I mean, going back to this grace rippling kind of moment is this receiving of grace and then mm. as a servant, the power of grace extending mm. from us. I, I like that image that you've just painted about opening our arms. Um, because I didn't know in that moment, I didn't know her story. I just saw her. And all I had in that moment to give was my love. Mm. Open my arms and say, come. I had no idea what her story was. Um, it turned out that she had been orphaned uh, a few years already and that she lived on the outskirts of the village because her mother um, was dying of AIDS and did die of AIDS. And because of that and because people were afraid of AIDS and didn't understand it, it was like modern-day leprosy in the early days of mm. our ministry in mm. the village. She was ostracized, and she didn't have an adult who had touched her or embraced her or loved her anybody a child nobody and we know that humans thrive on touch you know it's instinctive for us to want to uh, touch a baby or hold a child mm -hmm. or uh, when when somebody's um, going through mourning or is uh, afraid we touch mm. that that touch is so important in our lives mm. And this little girl hadn't been touched for I don't know how long. And in that moment, all I could offer her was my touch. And as she said, it was a surrender of me. I've got nothing mm -hmm. other than mm -hmm. I can touch you. I can acknowledge you. I can be there for you. And I know that something broke in me that, that mm -hmm. moment. It just broke my heart. It broke all my preconceived ideas of what ministry is, it broke me to the point of being a great leader or anything else I trained to be was no longer important. Mm -hmm. um, it was truly a call to servanthood. In that moment, I knew my life had changed. Mm. By offering her the only thing I had, was my open arms. Hmm. The only thing I knew, I had no knowledge of anything else. So it goes on to say, I became a servant of this gospel. And I have to ask, well, what gospel? I became a servant of this gospel. What gospel? It's the gospel of love the gospel of kindness, the gospel of acceptance, the gospel of justice, and in many ways, the gospel of a bowl of food for those who are hungry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So okay. uh, just talking about this gospel, I mean, Paul goes on in this passage to talk about how the Gentiles were going to be included in, in God's grace. Um, but maybe the bigger picture of that was the inclusion of those who were previously mm. excluded. And when you talk about this gospel and you talk about that little girl, the gospel reaches people who are 
on the outskirts, on the margins, who are ostracized for reasons beyond themselves. Mm. The gospel touches those people. Um, Jesus said he was anointed to, to, you know, preach the gospel to the poor, the, the brokenhearted, the oppressed, the prisoner. And there's the, there's a dimension of the gospel that is so much deeper and so much more human than preaching a powerful message or counting how many people gave their lives to Jesus. Of course we need to see that. But what about the inclusion of those who others ignore for whatever reason? They're excluded. They're out there. They're not like us. Who's touching them? Who's opening mm. arms mm. to them? Because that's all there is to give. Uh, yes, I think, you know, uh, just continuing with the scripture that you quoted about Jesus, it says, he went about to set at liberty those who are bruised. And in many ways, we're all bruised. In many ways, every one of us is bruised. And every one of us needs to come to Jesus. We have to have that moment of coming to Jesus and uh, surrendering our life to him. But then we become servants of his gospel too. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's not just a come to Jesus and now I'm okay. I am okay when I come to Jesus. I am mm. safe in his arms. He does stretch them out to me and to every one of us. And we do need to step in. But then he wants us to step out. And he wants us to uh, embrace this gospel, this mm. good news. You know, I think it's interesting that Paul says, uh, certainly he, in other places, says that he is a servant of Jesus Christ. But here he says he's a servant of a message, or he's a servant of, of a vision of the world. And when we look in the Gospel of Mark, you know, the first words in red, Jesus said, the time has come and the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God mm. is at hand. And then Mark keeps referring back to that's the gospel, that Jesus came to start a new kingdom, kingdom that is um, already here and yet not yet because it's, it's eternal and right. it's temporal. But Paul is here talking about a servant of of a gospel, of a message, of a vision, of a, a way of looking at life as a, a lens that you see the world through. And for us, whether we're in missions or ministry or ministering to our family or another capacity, to be a servant of the gospel of Jesus Christ means that we approach life completely differently, mm -hmm. that we are citizens of a different kingdom. We have a different message and we are inundated every day with too many messages <laughs> and a servant of the gospel is one who says, I'm going to lift mm. up this message. Mm. I like that where you say we see life through a different lens. And I think the lens that we have to put on when we serve this gospel is the lens of, do I see the bruised? Do I see the poor? Do I see the brokenhearted? Do I see the sick? Mm. I've got to put that lens on because that's the kingdom lens, this lens of this world that Jesus 
was anointed to preach this gospel to mm. and that he is uh, instructed to us to preach this gospel to. And I think we all understand that the way we live our lives is through the lens that we have. And in God's kingdom, sometimes we have to take off a particular lens and put on another one. And yeah. I think maybe in a, as an analogy, that's what happened to me with this young girl, is the lens that I had mm -hmm. of being a church leader and that I trained for was taken off and another lens put on. And I saw the world differently. Mm. Um, we become servants of this gospel. Yes. Mm. And we've got to understand what, what is this gospel that mm. we serve? Mm. And do we have the right lens on when we speak mm. about our mm. gospel? Mm. Um, our gospel is not a gospel of division or of hate or of rejection. Our gospel is one of love, of inclusion, mm. of acceptance, mm. of opening our arms wide and coming to Jesus. It's not good news for just a subset. No. Right. It's good news for the whole world. Right. But unfortunately, people find themselves in circumstances or in places where that gospel and that good news is not a reality. They, they can't see through those lenses. And I mm -hmm. think going back to this moment when Jesus said, um, here's why I've come to restore sight to the blind, to mm -hmm. set the oppressed free, that there's spiritual blindness that uh, we all have to be healed from so that we can see God at work and mm -hmm. see eternal life and see all that's next. But sometimes the circumstances of life are blinding as well, and you can't see good news. Yeah. Yeah. And to help others hear that mm. that message of that gospel. Yeah. They can see the world in a different way and see yeah. their life in a different way and see their purpose and their eternal home mm. in mm. Christ. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm yeah. having... Sorry. I mean, it's always good news that Jesus loves you. <clears throat> Jesus gave his life for you. God has your eternity at heart. But uh, the lens that I think Michelle is talking about is what is good news to somebody who is hungry? What is good news to somebody who is an orphan? What is mm. good news to somebody who hasn't been touched, forgotten? Mm. And somewhere this gospel has got to be good news to those people too. Right. And I think that's where the real challenge of serving comes it's so often easy to proclaim a message rather than to give your life mm. and yourself mm. and surrender and, and, and just be humble. Mm. To be a bearer of this is what you need to hear and this is how I can bring good news into your circumstance and right. your life. Mm. To change what we see. Mm. And I had this funny little thought that um, we need to stop seeing red Jeeps and see black Jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brian, see I had truth. to give... We I need to see yeah, the truth. <laughs> By see the grace of God, I now see. <laughs> <laughs> and then number three, I became a servant through the gift of God's grace given to me. I did not become a servant in that moment because of anything I did. Mm -hmm. 
um, if anything, uh, probably prior to that moment, and I'm sure even after that moment, there was a lot of pride, there was a lot of um, self-ability, all those things that I relied on, all my, uh, my, my gifts. Mm-hmm. But I became a servant through the gift of God's grace given to me mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was God's grace. And it was a gift, a powerful, powerful gift that changed me in a moment. And so let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about how this gift of God's grace works in our life and uh, empowers us. Yeah, that's the great thing about grace and about gifts is both of them work in us and through us to Mm. enable us to do what (coughs) we otherwise couldn't do. And I mean, as believers, we willingly, maybe not always meaningfully, but willingly proclaim it's only by the grace of God that I, or by the grace of God enabled me. And mm-hmm. we, we say those things. But really, God's grace comes with God's gifts. And God's gifts always come to enable us to serve others, not to build a reputation for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but the great thing about God's grace and about God's gift is they come when we don't expect them. They come even if we, when we don't deserve them. And they come because God is wanting a place for us where we can serve and be effective in this gospel. Um, mm. I... <laughs> Interesting story. I I was in my very late teens when I sensed God calling me to ministry. I was um, studying to become an accountant, work in the financial world, and in a moment, walking out of church on a Sunday morning, I sensed God speaking and changing all of that to prepare and, 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 and train and give my life to ministry. And I did, and I was excited, and I told everybody I could. My parents were a little bit shocked. <laughs> um, suddenly the, their vision of their son and their lens was very, very different from what it was before. And did the p- preparation, did what I had to do, went to Bible school, and at some point the realization hit me that what I've actually committed to is a life of getting up in front of people and speaking to them in public. <laughs> because my, my dream was to be a, become a pastor. Mm. And suddenly I realized I'm going to have to preach. I'm going to have to stand in front of people and talk and make sure that I'm talking well and making sense and actually making a difference in their lives. Because when I was at high school, public speaking was the worst thing that you could ask me to do. (laughs) It was a nightmare. Preparing to speak, delivering a speech. I was nervous. I bumbled. I (laughs) couldn't keep my thoughts together. it, it It was terrible. And here I was with that uh, history of public speaking saying, I'm going to become a public speaker. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, but that's a Every big, uh, weekend uh, of my <laughs> life. Mm. And you know, mm. the first sermon I preached was obviously a huge deal. And there's always a sense of, it's, it's only by your grace, God, that I could do this. But for 24 years, I preached every single weekend, sometimes more than once. And based on feedback from the people who listened, I did a good job. And that's grace. Mm -hmm. That's gifting. God was moving me in a direction which, if I'd stopped and thought, I can't make a speech. Mm. I would never have stepped. Mm -hmm. mm. Somehow I forgot all about that until it was too late to turn back. <laughs> <laughs> but God gifted me by His grace. Yes, and that grace is so powerful. It's, it's, we often think of grace as a soft Christian word. Mm. Oh, you know, God's grace. And then we think of um, powerful Christian words, but mm. grace doesn't always fit into that. And yet grace is probably the most powerful mm. Christian word that mm. we have. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that we misunderstand grace. One of the common definitions of grace is grace is God's unmerited favor. Yeah. It's the undeserved favor of God. And sometimes uh, we think of favor in the sense of acceptance, mm -hmm. which certainly means that, that the favor of God, the acceptance of God, that we are reunited with God. Mm. But uh, it's acceptance is only part of it. It's the acceptance of God, but it's also the, the activity of God. Yes. Grace is the activity of God mm. at work in us. Yes. And so when we are a servant of the gospel according to God's grace, it is the working power and presence of God in us, working towards that kingdom and that view of the world from a, a servant's standpoint. Mm. And so expanding our view of grace that it is a more active work of God. It is, right. it is not uh, just a nice, um, soft uh, thing to say to somebody, grace be with you. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's the acceptance of God and it's the activity of God. Mm. I wonder if we sometimes really think about that grace be with you, what we are saying to people. The mm. power of God be with you. Mm -hmm. The the working of God be with you. Mm. Um, so much of God be with you. And uh, the, the scripture says, by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Right. And so the number four thing was I became a servant through the working of his power. Um, his power worked through me and God graced me to become a servant of this gospel. It's his power. And we, we read scripture all the time uh, about Jesus and th that, that phrase of uh, the working of the spirit in power mm -hmm. go together mm -hmm. is that God's spirit is a powerful spirit. Uh, God's spirit in, is, is, is completely inside that word of grace. Mm -hmm. And it's working powerfully. Mm -hmm. 
through us and mm. in us mm. to change us and to change the world around us and to call us to his kingdom that has come and is coming mm-hmm. mm. um, yeah great grace isn't just a part of ministry and mission it isn't just a part of our life it is the totality mm. it is the fabric that um, makes up our life it is the air that we breathe it is the the ocean that we're immersed in mm. and you know if if our life or if our let's just say if if our ministry and mission could be canned could you could put it in a box you could put a label on it um, the ingredient list would only have one thing on it and it would be grace because grace Grace is the main ingredient. Grace is the main character. Grace is the main event. It's, uh, it is the totality of how God is at work around us and through us. And, and it's powerful. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just so much love what you said there. Um, because I do think we, if we forget the power aspect of, of God's grace. Right. It, again, reading these verses, God's... God's grace is God's power working within us. Mm-hmm. It's His Holy Spirit working within us. And you know, you, you mentioned that grace be with you statement that we make. And I think a lot of times we, we make that statement because our real goal is just to try and make people feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, console themselves, but God is in control, so grace be with you. And it's kind of an a empathy, sympathy statement. But I don't think we realize that when we say to people, grace be with you, we're saying there's a power that's available to you and a power that can work in you that can actually make mm. a difference. Mm. Paul, Paul said, um, God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient mm. for you. And then he said, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, it, when there's times of weakness, there's something about God's grace that strengthens mm. us, mm. doesn't just make us mm. feel better. Mm. And, and Paul goes on to say, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. And that's more than feeling good or feeling, mm. you know, pacified. That's, there's, there's something yeah. happening on the inside, the working of, within us of God's Holy Spirit. And that's grace. Mm. Right. That mm. power of grace is what gets us up in the morning. That power of grace that allows us uh, to figure out conflict the power of grace that gets us through hard times, the power of grace that gives us joy and helps us raise our families. It's the power of that grace. Without the power of that grace, we probably wouldn't be able to get out of bed. And coffee. (laughs) Yes. All right. With Mike, it's the power of grace and coffee. But yeah, you know, our family at the moment is going through some hard times that, um, Mike, maybe you can share because it really is just, it's too difficult for me. Yeah, I, we, I have two sisters-in-law, one on uh, Michelle's side and one on my brother's side. Both of them are in extremely, extremely difficult circumstances right now. One sister-in-law is in hospital with a massive infection in the bone of her hip, which is life-threatening. 
and which has to be surgically removed. Um, and we don't know what the consequences of that be. We do know that it's likely to be some weeks in hospital after surgery, whether the operation is successful, whether she'll be able to walk on that leg again. And that weighs heavily on us. And on the other side, I have a sister-in-law who is rapidly dying of incurable cancer. And having her family and her children have to daily watch their mother become more and more sick and more and more weak and more and more frail. And then I lean back on the grace of God. And the fact that mm. it's not just grace making a person feel better, their families feel better, us feel better, but that it's grace that gives us and them the ability to day after day have the strength to face what needs to be faced and to carry them through um, with a strength that is not available in any other way, in any other form. And for that grace, I am thankful. Mm. But for that grace... We are all so needy, God's whether grace. it's in circumstances, <coughs> in ministry, in leadership, in mission, in life, mm -hmm. in life. God's right. grace given me through the working of his power. Yes. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to God's grace leading us into a life of servanthood. Mm -hmm. now, I think of it back to the beginning of the podcast when you shared that moment of opening your arms to that child and that moment is a gift to that child and it's a gift to you. Yes. The heart of the mission of Orchard Africa is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. We do that in South Africa and we do that here. And we want to provide people an opportunity to experience that wonder-working power, that mm -hmm. gift of God's grace in them when they serve. And <clears throat> we have a whole variety of opportunities, but even uh, as of this week, we have opportunities for people to experience that grace and to open their arms and to serve and for instance we have um, open mission trips that uh, we've got one in the summer and one in the fall if you're looking for a place to experience that grace working in you and through you there, there's an opportunity for you to do that um, we'd love for you to join us mm. we'd love you for you to be on the team and you can find out information on our website or we have internships uh, that we're uh, launching and there's a opportunities for you to on the U.S. side. Mm. And, you know, I think of our, our mission statement that we equip the church to care for the vulnerable. And it's purposeful. The church is God's face on this earth. Mm. And when people look at the church, I want them to see God's face uh, full of grace, mm. full of power, full of love and kindness. Um, so, yes, we open up and invite people all the time to join us in whichever way you can. Mm -hmm. Speaking of internship, um, maybe here's a story where we can kind of, <clears throat> before we go, just share this. Way back in the very, very early years of our ministry, um, as you know, we were pastors of a church in Mafeking in the northwest province. And 
in the very, very early years, um, we had two brothers, twin brothers, come and ask us, is there anything that we can do to serve? And so, I mean, we really didn't have resources. We didn't have openings on staff. And we, we, we said we can offer you an internship um, and we'll find something for you to do. And at the time, <laughs> one of the most pressing needs mm. we had was that our church was situated right across the street from a, a dumpster where people would come and dump their, their trash. When it was full, they dumped their trash outside on the side of the dumpster. And whenever the wind blew, the wind blew all that trash down the road right in front of our church. And we said to these guys, would you be willing to, as part of your internship, make sure that the road in front of our church is cleaned of the trash mm. every day? And they did. And they started their ministry cleaning the road, picking up trash in the road. And they'd come to us every morning and, and start. And at lunchtime, they'd come to us and say, you know, we cleaned the road in the morning and look at it. It's like we haven't even done anything. And they did that. I can't remember for how long, but they did that. And they did it in, 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 in uh, humility because they wanted it to be a blessing to the church. church. Mm. MacD is one of those brothers. And MacD today is our operations manager in the Northwest Province of South Africa. Mm. What a great He's been job on our staff for 18 mm. years and from cleaning the road to being operations manager, started by humbling himself to be a servant. Mm. He's now a leader. But God first graced him to be a servant. And I think it's what such a wonderful testimony of a heart that is humble. What can I do? How can I bless? Mm. How can I pour my life out to benefit others? Mm. Even though it's a misery for yeah. me. And and Macdi is a leader, but he's still a servant. He yeah. 100% leads with a heart of servanthood. And it makes me think of Pastor Victor, mm. who is our regional pastor, um, also walked many, many dusty roads um, in servanthood, uh, serving the sick, serving the poor, uh, having the sick die in his car. Those, you know, he'd be taking them to the hospital and they would die in his car. And he still serves uh, he's a great leader, but he serves with such humility mm. and with such a servant heart. I remember the first time I was in South Africa with Orchard Africa, and I had the opportunity to go to Top Village and walk those dusty roads you mentioned, Michelle, mm. with Pastor Victor. And to walk in his daily footsteps and how he goes home to home caring for those in need and, as you mentioned, caring for the sick and for the dying. Right. And the way that uh, when you walked along those paths, uh, you, you, you'd get back to the mission house and yeah. you'd be covered dust. in that dust. <laughs> and it made me think as I was uh, thinking about that, kind of that picture in my mind of those dusty paths and my dusty jeans and Pastor Victor's dusty shoes, that the word um, for servant here actually in this passage uh, from Paul is uh, the word diakonos, which uh, when you break the two words apart, there's two uh, parts of that word. 
dia uh, means um, thoroughly and conus is dust. So it essentially means uh, to raise up the dust <laughs> or to kick up the dust. That's yeah. what that literally meant, um, that word servant, to kick up the dust. Which uh, sometimes we think of the word servant and we think of someone who's powerless. Mm. And in certain situations, that's what it means. But in this context, uh, by God's grace, it's reframed. That servanthood is kicking up the dust, getting on with it, getting moving, moving forward. Um, as you said, Jesus going around doing good and making your life about making an impact and showing compassion. And I just love that picture of servanthood is active. It's it's about getting moving and doing something for Christ in the world. And that might be a good place for us to land as we think about whatever sphere we're in, whatever ministry you're in or community you're in or opportunity that you have or people that are around you. Uh, let's get moving. Raise up, up some dust. dust. Kick, kick up yeah. some dust. Yeah. I love that. Um, because uh, time is short, and we have this one and only life to live, and so let's let's get dusty, let's uh, let's make an impact, and we pray that for you. Yes, um, we can't see you right now at this table, but we know that you're there, and you may be riding your car or preparing a meal and listening to this, or on a walk, and um, we we pray for you as you are a servant of this gospel by the grace of God. Mm. And we do this together. So with that, thank you for listening. Let's kick up some dust and we look forward to the conversation. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.